Hi, I'm Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. The Pentagon recently releasing an annual report assessing China's military capabilities. The report says the Chinese regime is the only competitor with the intent and capacity to reshape the international order. It also says the Chinese military is the most consequential challenge to U.S. national security. Joining us next to discuss the threat of a rising Chinese military, retired Air Force General Robert Spaulding. General Robert Spaulding, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. It's great to be back. General, the annual report which assesses China's military strength has just been released over the past week. Um, what are your biggest takeaways from the report and what should the U.S. be worried about the most? Well, I think um, the biggest takeaway is that the Pentagon is beginning to acknowledge the fact that we've got a big problem in terms of military power in the, in the Indo-Pacific. We just don't have the ability to um, compete with China particularly because of their advance in uh, missiles and rockets on their side of the strait, um, particularly those that are guided and can go after aircraft carriers and um, the ability of their space um, uh, intelligence surveillance and reconnaissance has gone up greatly. Uh, and, and now it almost mirrors the United States, which used to have a tremendous lead over China. Uh, and those satellites enable them to pick out U.S. ships and, and direct the missiles that can come in to attack them. So essentially, that effectively creates a blockade for the United States in terms of coming to the aid of Taiwan or other allies like Japan or South Korea, which is a big problem for the United States going forward. Um, I think beyond that, uh, we have to begin to contend with the fact that you know, the Chinese are advancing their nuclear weapons capabilities. These are all, you know, extremely dangerous for, you know, military superiority within the Indo-Pacific. But I think more concerning is the influence campaign that associates with these weapons. So things like TikTok, which are used to influence and coerce our population, are just as damaging, maybe perhaps more so um, than, than a lot of the weapons. And I think they go hand in hand. The weapons, um, you know, certainly uh, are meant to deter any military uh, response by the United States. And as long as that's the case, I think what you're going to see is conflict happening in our population on a day-to-day -day basis. And that's what, you know, app platforms that influence our society are all about. Wow, General, a lot packed in there. Um, I, I just want to, you, you touched on uh, China's satellite uh, capabilities. They are expanding pretty rapidly. Um, if you could, where does the concern lie within uh, satellites? Is it for monitoring or other uh, use? Well, certainly offensively and defensively, it's for monitoring, but they also have a pretty incredible you know, anti-satellite capability, both in terms of missiles they can launch from the ground and also satellites they have in space. So, you know, all uh, in all, um, they are advancing their capability to be a global military in space, really, you know, being a global phenomenon um, because, you know, these things orbit the Earth allows them to extend their reach. You know, I, I believe it also mentions that they're working on on-orbit weapon systems. So I think uh, this is a tremendous challenge for the United States going forward. And um, but more importantly, I don't see that we're going to go to war 
with China. I think uh, our nuclear weapons, their nuclear weapons really create, um, you know, danger for humanity. So what's going to happen is they're going to use, um, as I said, these platforms for social control and influence to slowly erode the appreciation for our values and principles in, in the United States and other free um, countries. So to your point, if the current pace of China's military expansion continues, do you think the U.S. will be able to deter uh, or successfully intervene in the event of a Chinese attack, say, on uh, Taiwan? No, absolutely not. Now, China is, uh, you know, a big topic. Are we potentially overstating or understating China's military capabilities? How much do we actually know, given the fact that China is still very much a closed society in terms of being a security state? Well, I think we we underplay it because we tend to call them a near peer. That's the that's the term frequently used by the military. We don't want to acknowledge that they're superior to us. I think it's a it's a it's a political red herring, and so um, you know nobody brings it up. We 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 want to keep them keep it sounding like hey the United States is dominant, and what that does is it prevents us from actually making the force uh, force changes that we would need to actually compete on a peer-to-peer -peer basis with China. Think of it like this. You know, during the Cold War, we had the missile race. And now we have the hypersonics race, except when we say things like China's a near peer, that forces us to not think about the fact that they're actually more uh, capable than us in hypersonics. So are the Russians. And so we're not actually making the investments to begin to meet that threat at the, at the same level. General Robert Spaulding, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. And joining us next to discuss the recent anti-lockdown protests in China and what the lockdowns in China do to the global economy, we have Vice President at FreedomWorks, John Tamney. John Tamney, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me on. John, you recently wrote a fascinating piece on China's lockdowns. Uh, if you could give us your assessment of China's zero uh, COVID policy. Uh, it makes me wonder why people are so fearful of Xi Jinping if he would do something so divorced from reality. Uh, pathogens are a part of life. They're, they're as old as humanity is. And to pretend that you can just lock people into their homes and destroy an economy and hope that the virus will uh, crawl into a corner and die uh, is, is just, it, it's foolhardy. Furthermore, let's not forget that economic growth has always been the biggest enemy of death and disease. The last thing you'd want to do when a virus is spreading is shut down the economy. That, that, that's, that's your best source of help. John, how much damage do you think this zero COVID policy will lead to not only in China, but for the rest of the world, given how reliant the world is on Chinese goods? And when do we see the true effects kick in? Well, I think we've already seen the true effects kick in. For one, is it any surprise that as the lockdowns in China became more draconian, that the U.S. stock market started to crater a bit? Everyone pointed to the Fed and all this stuff, other stuff, but the reality is that uh, Apple sells a fifth of its iPhones in China, GM sells more cars in China than it does in North America. There are 4,100 Starbucks in China. It's the second largest market for McDonald's, for Nike, uh, for Hollywood. Is it any surprise that if China's economy shuts down, 
that the whole world suffers. And then we see it in reverse. Uh, a lot of production takes place in China. And so if the people aren't working, then there are Apple isn't rolling out as many phones or can't meet the needs of its customers. So it's very dangerous for the global economy. Now, John, just a general question for you on the economy. With the holiday season and the new year upon us, um, what's your general consensus of where the economy is, uh, is heading moving forward? Well, it's got to be stressed that in the U.S., we're always growing. Uh, there are times when we retrench and recessions are merely a period where we fix what we're doing wrong. Uh, it's not said enough, but a recession is a sign of an economy on the mend, whereby businesses uh, shed bad ideas that weren't working, whereby go good workers with good potential are released to better opportunities in the economy. That's a way for businesses that were, are struggling to find human capital to grow. And so the only thing that could hurt us would be for government to intervene in what's natural. And, and if it interme intervenes, it will elongate the tough times. Otherwise, uh, the only constant in American life has been progress and growth. The only thing that can hold that back is government getting in the way by spending, by taxing, by devaluing the currency, doing anything to intervene in what's natural. And, and so let's hope that we can limit what government is, is usually want to do. John Tammy, really appreciate you joining us. Thanks for having me on. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon.